Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. We are at episode number 70. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. Barb, I was looking at Facebook and all weekend you were posting about some epic sort of dentistry you were doing. Care to explain? Yeah, so um, we work with Heartland and they do a live patient event for newer doctors that haven't prepped and or seated eight units uh, to 10 unit veneer cases. And we do the, um, we go there and we mentor them. They have a mentor doctor, they work through it. So it's actually a live patient event. We're there for the prep and then we go back to seat the cases. And we had um, 16 cases in different regions. We had one in Arizona, which I was at, one in Lakeland and Tennessee, and I think Texas. And so, yeah, it was really, 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 really cool. I mean, just seeing the patients and, and being there for the prep and all that they go through and, you know, taking a look at their diagnostics and then being there for the seating um, when they get everything seated and they were all successful and it was happy. So, yeah, I decided to take some pictures of it and Posted on Facebook. So I'm proud of my team. They're amazing. So you guys made the crowns for 16 patients. Oh. All of them were six or more units. Eight or more units. And you get one, you get more. less than three weeks after the cases are prepped to do all the cases. So we ran 160 units through our all ceramic high end comprehensive department in uh, less than a month. And um, it, it was, you know, it's pretty awesome. We did all the diagnostics digitally. Um, so we just transferred all of the digitals to the finals and it just, we had, we didn't have any cants or any show through and just really, really nice cases. Happy patients. So thanks for asking. Any chair side adjustments or did they just pop right in? Um, I had to add a margin that was at least, and I say this, none, not kidding. It was probably a millimeter and a half long. I, uh, number 10, he had distortion on the impression, didn't, couldn't reprep because you just have one one go at it. Um, we took two impressions and he just still had um, a missing margin. So we have an oven with us and I freehanded. I sort of kind of just cut in a margin with my high speed and freehanded it and um, went back into the mouth and patted the material down, took it out, fired it, did it again and um, got it to go. So that was fun. That is neat. <laughs> no pressure. Um, no, that, was the, that was the one case that I did and I knew it. Um, was going to have, you know, some issues. And so I brought it in my suitcase with me and I just really wanted to make sure that I handled it and um, it went. So, yay. Did you take the oven on the plane? No, we actually had an Ivoclar representative in Arizona drop it off for us. So we didn't have to bring the oven, but they did in the Orlando. Um, they actually brought the oven in the car and all the materials and they didn't have any add-ons, which is great. But yeah, it's all part of the deal. It was fun. You do that once a year? Yes, thank God. So yesterday I just... <laughs> 25 of my, anybody that touched any of the Heartland cases, we all went to Flamestone and we had some cocktails and some dinner and just celebrated uh, our success. So it was, it was nice. It's a good team building event and it's a really good doctor technician event as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm impressed. That's Thanks. that's a lot. That's a lot all in one day. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. They were all done by noon, believe it or not. We kicked butt. No kidding. Wow. Yep. It was awesome. That's cool. That's neat. So one of my favorite events of the year is coming up here in September. Every year, the NADL hosts what they call the NADL University. Have you ever done it, Barb? 
Yeah, I think I probably did it in 2000 and maybe 14, a year before you. Oh. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I took it back in 2015, and it is a great three-day program of professional management education. The cool thing is it's limited to only 25 attendees, so you get a much more personal and detailed program. It's highly recommended to anyone in management within your labs. This year, it's September 12th to the 14th in Tempe, Arizona. And I might have to add, it's one of the coolest hotels I've ever been to. So check out the link in this episode's show notes to learn more and to register. Today we have part one of an interview with Todd Hydock from Zest Dental Solutions. We all spend a lot of time talking about full arch hybrids, but I bet you for every one of those full arches that we do, we probably do five cases that have locators. Wow. They're very effective, have a low cost, and it's an easy-to-sell procedure. And we know that Zest makes locators, but did you know they make and sell a lot of other stuff? Todd is new to the Zest team, and one of his responsibilities is to work with labs and doctors to bring the two together. Zest is realizing that dental laboratories play an important part in the dentist treatment planning. Join us as we talk to Todd Hydock. Enjoy! Voices from the Bench. The Interview. So we are back, finally, with the elongated interview. I don't know if you realize this, Barb, but we have not remotely interviewed anyone since February. It's been a long time because we were at so many conventions getting great content. But we are happy to be back remoting in with Todd Hydock from Zest Dental Solutions. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. And of course, we have Barb here as always. Hi, everybody. Hello. (laughs) So, Todd, you're the special markets manager for Zest Dental Solutions. What exactly does that mean? So, I came on board with Zest in March. And so, the the company has made the decision that they're going to play a, a role focusing on special markets. So special markets by definition for Zest is uh, group practices, the DSOs, GPOs being the group buying practices, as well as dental laboratories. So my role, I'm one of three special market managers in the country. So I'm responsible for the whole East Coast. Wow. And I'm also, but I'm also responsible for the laboratory initiative of our company for the whole country. And what is that? Talk to us about that. So the laboratory initiative is, you know, as you know, we're an attachments company mm-hmm. and we see where the market is going right now, where obviously we have dental laboratories who are our customers. But we as a company, we want to be more than just an attachments provider. Uh, we have education. We have different marketing initiatives. And so we, we don't look at the dental laboratory as just a customer. We look at the dental laboratory as, as a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and with our initiatives, also with the other special market space being group practices, I think it uh, aligns well with our relationships with the laboratories and with the group practices that we're working with mm-hmm. and doing things in unison together to help provide better dentistry uh, and also 
uh, be able to provide education and support from all different angles. So do you connect the laboratory with the, with the client and vice versa? How does that work? Well, we can. Uh, a lot of times when we're speaking with uh, different group, uh, group practices that we're working with, we obviously are looking at what their needs are. You know, we, we have more products than just uh, attachments. But as we're having conversations about who their partners are, who their laboratories are, when we, when we discover that, then we try to look to see, it's like, are, are we already partnering with that lab? What, what is our relationship with that laboratory? And how can us and the laboratory support that group practice better? Nice. So, so we do have an opportunity where if we're talking to a laboratory and they're working in that special market space, we ask the similar questions and to see like, where do we fit in the organization? You know, because there's so many different things that we can do. I think it just depends on what type of special markets client we're talking to, mm-hmm. uh, as well as what type of dental laboratory that we're talking to. Awesome. Well, you mentioned that Zest is more than an attachment company. And funny story, I remember when you were visiting me here at Summer, we were talking to one of the owners, and you mentioned that you were from Zest, and he had no idea what that was. And then once you said it's the locator, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. <laughs> what else does Zest do other than locators? Well, it's, it's funny you brought that up because th- that's one of our biggest initiatives as an organization is our branding and, and who we are, what our, our, our product portfolio is, but pretty much what do we bring to the table? And you're absolutely right. There's so many folks in the dental industry that totally know locator. Oh, it's a staple. But they don't, they, they, they just don't know Zest and they definitely don't know what the heck Zest Dental Solutions is. And so, and, and, and a lot of people ask, well, why is that? And, and it comes down to is Zest, you know, manufactures the locator and manufactures the locator on 350 different implants for 100 different implant companies globally. Wow. Uh, there is a number of different distribution channels for that product. So if we're doing, uh, if we're manufacturing uh, the locator for a specific implant manufacturer, we're making it on top of their connection and we're selling it directly to that implant manufacturer and they are reselling it in their catalog Uh to the laboratories, to the dentists. So a lot of times when customers are purchasing that way, whether it's through a distributor, through an implant manufacturer, they are seeing it as the locator. That's the, they, they look at that as like the, the name or the brand. They're not seeing the Zest name. Sure. So a lot of times that's, that's what's happening out there. And that's why not a lot of folks know Zest. Now, for you folks on, on the laboratory side, a lot, a lot of labs do know Zest because they they will or already have ordered through Zest through the Zest catalog, mm-hmm. but also probably ordered through implant manufacturers. So the laboratory space pretty much knows the Zest name more than than the dentist. So and so to answer your question, Elvis, so uh, yeah, yeah, so Zest makes a number of different products. Um, obviously, the the locator and then uh, the 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 new generation the RTX. Uh, and then we have a fixed solution called the FTX. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the, the titanium side of the business, uh, Zest also has what's called the chair side brand. So we have uh, chair side processing material, chair side uh, uh, soft reline. We have impression material, bite registration material. We have blockout material. We, you know, we have a denture prep and polishing kit that's that's designed Hi. specifically for um, when you are processing, whether it's you know in the lab or or chair side, 
uh, that it can, um, you can use the burrs that will create the specific recess for the locator or RTX or FTX attachment. Uh-huh. Uh, so you have the proper width, the depth, and then also you can create undercuts, create your vent holes. And then obviously after the processing of the, uh, of the denture, you can then, then polish it up and, and clean it up. So they have a little kit like that. So, so they have everything from the attachment side of it, but then all the other ancillary products that will complement those. Uh-huh. And then um, a number of years ago, back in 2016, uh, when the company launched the new RTX and FTX, they also acquired a company called Danville Materials. So from the laboratory space, that might not sound so familiar, but to a lot of the dentists, it is. And pretty much Danville Materials is, you know, is a company that pretty much is like your conventional crown and bridge chairside materials that are used like desensitizers and bulk fill materials and different types of composites. So we, we, we acquired that. And then we also acquired a, a whitening company wow. um, based out of uh, Toronto, Canada. And it's called Ivory. And it's uh, spelled I-V-E-R-I. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's interesting because a lot of folks trying to piece everything together and figure out, well, why does an attachments company now have like crown and bridge materials and also now whitening? But it really does. They do complement themselves in various ways, especially in the DSO space. Yeah, um, I work a lot with the DSOs and they do do a little bit of everything pretty much. So I can see how that all marries together. Did you guys just acquire that whitening company? So that that was also acquired in 2016. Okay, so it's been with you for a while. So, Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because with whitening, you know, like for, you know, dental technicians listening, it's kind of like, well, that's a whitening. It's not really in my wheelhouse. The interesting trend I'm seeing right now is, you know, our whitening comparing it to other whitenings out there. I mean, they, we have different formulations and we have different delivery systems I, well, you know, that, that, that are various to everything else that's currently out in the market. But the one interesting thing that we have is that we also have customization for the whitening. So for our DSO space, if you have a group, a group practice that wants to have their own private label whitening, we can, you know, we can actually make that happen and, and use user their artwork, their pictures, their their name. And then we actually now have dental laboratories that are considering doing the same thing. Interesting. And the reason being is because, as you know, like one of the fastest growing segments in dentistry right now is full arch. Uh, a lot of the laboratories are doing packaging, you know, package pricing, you know, everything together, whether it's with immediate load, uh, guides, everything. And one of the things that you see is that most patients, if they're going to invest money into a, a full arch dentition, whether it's removable, fixed, whether it's $15,000 or $30,000, they want to make sure that their teeth are exactly the way they want it. Oh, yeah. It's usually nice and straight, mm-hmm. and they usually want to have a better shade. Yep. And they, so they usually pick a lighter shade. And, you know, and if they have an intact opposing dentition, a lot of times they'll go and look to actually do uh, bleaching before, you know, their, their full arch process. So we have laboratories right now that are actually looking to private label whitening and give it as part of the package for the dentist. And it's, it's kind of an interesting trend that we're just starting to see now, but it's kind of a trend that's happening on its own. It wasn't necessarily an idea, you know, that came from the zest side of things. You just saw it happen. Yeah, 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 it's interesting. I love that trend because a lot of times I'll wait to do the vinyl veneers until they're done bleaching and they've gotten to a point where they're white enough and then they want to go even whiter. But I, when, when you were talking about that, it didn't make any sense. And now that you explained it to me, it makes perfect sense. 
I'd like to sort of kind of talk to you about that offline, how, um, cause we, well, like I said, we do do a lot of DSO business and, and even, you know, retail. And that's true. There's a lot of whitening going on to match what we're putting in there. So that's a really interesting concept to me. It's a great idea. Great idea. Is it one that uses trays that a lab would make? It could be a number of different things. Um, you could use it with the, like the traditional uh, whitening mm-hmm. uh, where you're making the custom trays in the lab and then the whitening material to, to add to that. Uh, we also have other trays that uh, are, are kind of like stock trays. We have trays that also are connected with a light that also vibrate. And then you have an office application as well. So wow. it's pretty much it's it's yeah. pretty much what other whitening companies have. It's like all like very similar kind of formulations and different delivery systems. It's just a matter of the being able to uh, the customization aspect of it, and then uh-huh. also to the, the connection of like you know our connection in terms of the DSO space and how it works for those different groups and their you know their business and, and how they want to approach whitening. Interesting. But the locator must make up a majority of what Zest does. Am I assuming that correctly? It, it does. It does. Yeah. You know, the majority of revenue is coming from, you know, from the Zest side of the business. So, you know, when you, when you, when you look at Zest Dental Solutions, it's, it's really, if you have like two, two columns or two pillars. One is the Zest side of the business, which is the, the attachments as well as the chair side brand uh, materials. And then you have the other side, which is like the Danville side, which is the traditional crown and bridge dentistry materials, as well as the whitening. So how did the locator come into existence? What, what's the story behind that? It has a, a pretty robust past. Uh-huh. Uh, back in 1972, Max Zest, um, who was a, um, a, a technician uh, from originally from Switzerland, had a, a laboratory in Southern California. And as you know, back in the 70s, still dental implants were fairly new. And most of the time, dental implants were being used in terms of full arch and obviously different protocols, different surfaces, just different connections. And a lot of laboratories, I I think, were were struggling like Max Zest was in terms of trying to find something that really held a denture into place. And so he decided, you know, around that time frame uh, to create something. And he created what they called the Zest Attachment. And in about 1977, his son, Paul, actually joined the laboratory with him. And then they actually started the company called, and they officially called it Zest Anchors. Interesting, yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of folks in the dental industry today still look at the company as Zest Anchors. And that yeah. game was originated back in 1977. So one of the compelling things that happened when Paul Zest came on board was that he took the Zest attachment and created another generation to it. So, and then they, they were calling it the Zest attachment advanced generation. So the acronym is ZAG. Z-A-A-G. Yeah. Yeah. I've so heard of that. Lot, obviously a, a lot of uh, folks that have been doing dentistry back, back in that time, as well as dental technicians are, you know, very familiar with the ZAG attachment, but it wasn't until like 2000 where Paul actually took over uh, the company. And, and him and his team, they created Locator and launched it in 2001. So when I look back at, you know, this history of this company, you know, I, I didn't get involved with dentistry until 2000. And I recall doing like some of my first full arch cases was in like 2001, 2002. And um, 
it's just amazing on like that, I think is a pivotal year. It's a pivotal time for implant dentistry mm-hmm. when it comes and also for, uh, for laboratories, because now, now we had something that was pretty compelling for the patient and the dentist to snap that denture in and out. And they changed a lot of lives. And I think it changed a lot of people's lives and just in dentistry, because still today it's, it's, it's well adopted as a, as a viable option, you know, for, for overdenture therapy. Oh, we still do a bunch of them. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of labs do. Oh yeah. Yeah. When locator came out, was there other attachments out already I mean, was this the same time magnets were, were around? <laughs> and how long ago was that, we should ask? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know the history of all, like, you know, when, you know, like, ball and socket and magnets yeah. were, were introduced into the into the industry. But, I, you know, I was familiar with, like, technology of that because I came from orthopedic implants. Mm. So, so I understood, like, you know, with, like, having attachments and, like, a ball and socket and you think about, you know, the, the joints and, and various things with orthopedics. And, um, you know, obviously there was a, a number of companies that already had, you know, my, my background was, de- you know, but after, you know, before the lab, my background was 11 years in dental implants. So, you know, we had ball and socket, then we also had a locator when it was available. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there was a number of different options. I mean, there was options back in the seventies as well, yeah. but that's what I think pushed Max Zest to find something or to create something better. Mm. That, that worked for him because he it seemed like he was struggling with having something that worked well for his doctors and his patients. And it has, because here we are still using it to this day. And I, I didn't realize that was his last name. That's cool. That's pretty neat. You said you started, so you, you haven't always been in the lab. So you were in orthopedics. Tell us about your background. So my background is I have a degree in biology and I was pre-med and I was going to get into physical therapy and I did a year clinical and it was just around that time when they changed the, the I guess, the, the rules to it where you had to get your master's degree. So after doing a year clinical, I decided that that's not what I wanted to pursue as a career. And I got into uh, orthopedic implants. So I worked in total joints, trauma, sports medicine for about three years. And um, I just had an opportunity uh, after those three years to get into dental implants. Hmm. And so I started with the original Freedent implant company. I was based out of Mannheim, Germany, and they had an office in Southern California. I was maybe like the 12th or 13th person hired. Really? Wow. Here in the States. And they gave me a list of maybe like 14 customers that were using at the time. Uh, but um, I, and in a couple, I would say a couple months after I came on board, Denseply acquired a vest. Uh-huh. And then, um, so I became a dense ply employee and then we merged with a grafting company under that umbrella and then merged with their endo division at the time under that umbrella. So I, I worked as a rep for a number of years and then I got into management. Mm. So I was managing uh, salespeople. Mm. Which is a whole lot of fun, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, it's a great learning experience. Uh, you know, the, the, the folks that I'm, you know, managing here at Zest with are the folks that I've managed over at dense ply. Oh, nice. So one of the compelling, you know, reasons that I came on board with this opportunity and left the lab space was not only to work for a great company and a historical company like like Zest, but then also the direction of where the company is going now, the people who are are you know are running it, and so you get to work with people that you know and trust and that mentored you in the past, and um, yeah, I've, I've 
been through a lot with these folks and uh, I, I know what they're all capable of doing in terms of taking an organization to a whole nother level. And, you know, I'm so blessed to be part of that. Yeah, I met uh, yourself and Pat at, uh, at Night Dental a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I've known him forever and I can definitely agree um, that if, if they're anything like that, you've got an amazing staff or amazing team on board. And um, it is just like our industry. It's like wherever we go, we all know each other or you've or where they are and you just sort of kind of go from one place to the other and then you know there's a lot of familiar faces that have been in the industry a long long time which i'm proud of that so todd you have a pretty big background working in a lab yourself right correct correct oh what lab (laughs) i didn't know that well you don't have to tell me what lab so you've actually been in the crazy of a lab yeah. So after I was done with implants, I actually joined uh, New Tech Dental Laboratories, which is based in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, uh, just outside of Philadelphia. So it happened to be one of my go-to labs as I was uh, cutting my teeth in dentistry. Um, it's actually one of my first 14 customers that I that I was given. <laughs> and so I met them early on in my career. Um, I learned a lot just being at the bench and understanding about this not only this implant that I was selling, but also the attachments that go on to it and, and how it correlates with the laboratory. So we built a good relationship and a uh, number of years later, we decided it makes sense for, for me to, to work with them. Nice. So I was there for eight and a half years. Um, I had a director role there where I really focused on the relationship between the dentist and the laboratory and the full arch craze really started happening at that same time when I came on board. And uh, so we spent a lot of time focusing on supporting the doctors doing full arch cases, immediate load, you know, mostly, you know, obviously screw retained and um, lecturing a lot on that for the various implant companies, uh, rewriting protocols on how to make it more uh, efficient, you know, not only for the the specialist, but for the dentist and, and the laboratory. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I like to hear when uh, salespeople or people in your position have a lab background so they actually understand what what we're doing here. Yep. It's it's a totally different world and you know and I feel like I've been blessed to to have been a part of that. Um especially, you know, that's like a, a nice emerging, you know, regional lab and uh but there's lots of pain points, you know, in the laboratory world and you know, the laboratory industry is so fragmented yep. and it's, sure. it's such an amazing industry, but it's very tough. And, and until you're actually in it, it, you wouldn't, you can't really appreciate it, you know, as much. And, you know, I always had this like vision of with laboratories, you know, and, and we as a laboratory, when I was there, where there were just certain aspects of it that are very unprofessional or that, that needed to be professionalized, I should say. In the lab, unprofessional? <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. Every technician's listening is like rolling their eyes, like tell me yeah. something I don't already know. <laughs> but I think what it came down to where is that, um, you know, as a business, you know, I think dentists need to realize and understand that when you have a relationship with a lab, the laboratory is a business and it's in business to help support the, you know, the doctors and the patients. But they need to look at it as a business as well. But they need to look at their laboratory as like an extension of their practice, of their business. And, and, and unfortunately, I couldn't go into it saying, hey, I'm going to professionalize this whole industry. But what I could do is I can professionalize the relationship between the lab and, and the doctor. Yeah. And one of the things I, I realized is I spent a lot of time over in Europe uh, years ago. 
And I noticed is that most of the clinicians. Thanks for talking with us, Todd. We really enjoyed the conversation. Join us next week as we continue this zesty, ooh, I like that Elvis, conversation. It was kind of weird doing an interview without seeing our guests because we got so used to our face-to-face recordings at all the conventions that we did this spring. We already have more shows that we're going to be recording and and visiting lined up. Head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com to see our growing lists of where we will be traveling to. While we won't be recording, my partner, Mr. Elvis Dahl, will be speaking about our podcast and the marketing and how he's done it and how he's created it at the 2019 DS Lab Marketing Summit in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is September 20th and 21st. If you want to see how bad he is at speaking in front of an audience, not being able to edit himself, then you should definitely check it out. Head over to this episode's show notes for a link to get registered, and good luck, Elvis. Thanks. Go again, last chance for the Race for the Future shirts. All profits go towards the Foundation of Dental Lab Technology. I know we talk about it a lot, but Elvis and I, as you know, we're heavily involved and we're very passionate over it. So head over to this episode's show notes to purchase one before the August 1st deadline. They'll be gone soon. By the way, I got mine, so it's on order. Nice. Have a great one, and we will talk to you next week. Everybody have a really great week. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Ah. Yeah, how about you do this? <laughs>